Opinions expressed on ACB Media are those of the respective program contributors and do not necessarily reflect the views held by the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. This is Sunday Edition with Anthony Corona. Every week here on ACB Media One, that's American Council of the Blind, Media One, and soon after on all your major podcast catchers. Each week, we'll dive into the news, human interest, and discussions about the issues surrounding all of us in and out of the American Council of the Blind community. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm Anthony Corona here with you every Sunday as we brunch and talk and get all of the news and human interest like you just heard. That amazing, incredible new opening. Byron, 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 you found the perfect newsy sounding, breaking, you know, music to put to our show here. So thank you so much for that. When news breaks, we put it back together. (laughs) Yeah, that's pretty awesome. Um, So we're doing things a little differently today. We're going to be talking about hot topics. So please hit that Sunday edition Zoom link in either the promos on the list or you can jump to any of the past Sunday edition. Uh, It's always the same link. Please join us and, and give us some of your thoughts and opinions on the topics we'll be discussing today. But before, um, before I introduce who is going to be co-hosting with Byron and I today, I wanted to just thank everyone um, who responded either on the list or reached out to me personally. Um, if, if, um, if you don't know what I'm talking about, then it doesn't matter. But your messages of support are, are incredibly, incredibly greatly appreciated. Um, All I'm going to say is, you know, the quote that I put in my answer is, you know, how I feel about life, how I feel about our community, and, and how I feel about advocating. And whatever, you know, whatever color box you sit on, whether it be red or blue, whatever, whatever your beliefs are, I respect all of our members for who they are, for being a member, for, for being a human. Um, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what you believe or, or what you vote for, who you vote for. Um, and not everyone is going to do that. Not everyone is going to feel that way. And, and mostly I turn the other cheek. But when something, when it's something is really ugly, sometimes it needs to be called out. And so, I, I, again, I thank everybody for their messages of support. And um, let's get on with the show. Byron, do you have any announcements or anything you need to tell our listeners before we get going? No, you know, I'm just really excited about this episode. This this reminds me of, I don't know if you ever listened to Art Bell back in the 90s, you know, talk talk radio in the 90s, but yeah. he, he had open lines and uh, it was always the craziest shows because they they were just so interesting. So I'm really amped for today's show. Well, um, please feel free to to you know interact. You you are always the permanent co-host, executive producer, man. You know, man on the spot for whatever we need. So please feel free to chime in whenever. And help me welcome back to Sunday Edition, Margie Donovan. Uh-oh. Thank you, Anthony. I'm delighted <laughs> to be here and 
have the wonderful opportunity of working with you as my dear friend. <laughs> right back at you. So I'm going to ask the two of you to start off this conversation. It was the slap heard around the world, um, felt by one at least. Uh, last Sunday at the Oscars, the slap. What, uh, what are your thoughts? Um, I'm going to be really honest. And um, I don't like what people are saying on Facebook and in the media. And I, I, actually, let me preface with saying, I honor each individual's uniqueness, be it right or wrong, be whether I agree or disagree. And the position I have chosen to hold regarding Mr. Smith and his activity is that is between him and his higher power, whoever he may choose as his higher power. I choose God. And I am not put on this earth to judge anyone. Um, we all make mistakes. Some of them make it very publicly. We all have some degree of anger in us, and um, while I personally do not like what he did, I'm not going to engage in the debate of whether his um, award should be taken away. I'm not going to debate in, you know, I saw somebody on, on Facebook here in Folsom go, don't utter God out of your mouth. And, you know, my opinion is it's none of our business when it comes to whether it was right or wrong and what the punishment should be. That comes from what, what I will choose to term throughout this show is God. Now, what we'll choose is, is his own personal life. Um, the media sure has hyped it up. And um, as they do everything and, you know, media is about drama and about getting people to watch it. And I've actually yeah. recently have started turning my TV off because there's so much negative in the media. And I find yeah. that it's starting to affect my psyche. So that's my answer, Mr. Corona. So folks out there, get those hands up. If you want to weigh in, we'll be shifting topics, you know, pretty rapidly, I would imagine today. Um, Byron, any any thoughts on, on Mr. Smith or, or that slap? You know, I... Uh... I didn't see it happen. I, I, I was not watching the Oscars, but <clears throat> I heard about it later on social media. And boy, did it look awkward. <laughs> I, I just, you know, poor Chris Rock was standing there on the stage, sort of flabbergasted. Wait, like what? What just happened? Um, you know, I think both parties were wrong. Um, Chris Rock's joke was made in very poor taste. And of course, you know, violence is never the answer to anything. So I think we just have to admit that we all make mistakes and, um, you know, we move on. I mean, like you said, Margie, the media is just all about, they're all about hyping whatever it is that happens to be happening right now. If you've got a little sprinkle, a little tiny sprinkle, they're like, dun, 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 tonight on the news, the massive storm of the century. Stay tuned. Film at 11. You know, it's just like, come on, come on. So as someone who made a very public mistake recently, um, <laughs> I, I, I understand that, you know, your first and second and sometimes even 10th emotion um, may not be where you settle with things. Um, I, I've, you know, obviously adopted the practice of making sure that if I am going to dictate, I am also going to edit. Um but I've also taken I've also taken it in in my practice of of breathing and and self you know self inventory I call it I've I've given myself the standard of not reacting without giving it a time frame 
So, you know, if I'm in a conversation and something is bothering me, I, I take, you know, a couple of really deep breaths before I respond. And, you know, if a situation happens, I take at least 10 minutes to kind of think it through. Is my initial reaction really the reaction that I, I want, you know, out there in the world? Um, having said all that, you know, I, I agree with Margie. It's between Will and his higher power. I think Chris handled it really well. A lot of folks are, are um, debating whether or not he should have pressed charges. I think to press charges, to, to amp it up to that next level would have ruined, and the, the Oscars were bad, badly, badly damaged by that moment, but it would have ruined the rest of the night. You know, there's no way, there's no way to keep that from either stopping the ceremony or so, you know, standing there, letting the moment pass, et cetera, you know, declining to press charges. I honestly think that that was really very adult, um, you know, and, and like Margie said, the rest of it is between Will and his higher power. I, I think I heard one or two hands go up, Byron, who... You did. Anthony, I'm going to jump in here real quickly. I, I just want to say I do have an opinion about... He earned his award. And whether his behavior yeah. was good or bad, um, he earned that award. And that's not the topic of subject to me. It's his behavior. And um, I do want to commend, I think Johnny Cash or somebody, one of the country singers, sang a song about it. You know, you're more of a man if you walk away. And... Um, you know, Chris Chris kind of did it that night by not re engaging in it. I mean, I know he was shocked, but even after that, he made choices to stand up and be a man and continue yeah. to not engage. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. Byron, who's up? All right. Uh, let's see. First, we have, uh, and this is the only hand currently, uh, we have Jane. A couple, a, a couple of things come to mind. The, the issue, I heard it, so I'm calling it the slap that was heard around the world as compared to the shot that was heard around the world. Uh, it was about behavior, subsequent behavior on both sides. I feel a great deal of compassion uh, for Will Smith trying to finally face off about what uh, was hurtful to his wife. So I think Chris's comment was, it just was totally out of place. And, uh, but the whole process of, of processing a situation like that, and Anthony, I really appreciate your comments. I can also say that in a conversation, and I'm going to use a conversation between me and Margie as an example, sometimes the best way to get through to the heart of it is say, no. I don't get it. This is what I meant to do. And if it's somebody that you know well enough or that is willing to risk uh, challenging you and saying, well, here's what you missed, you know, then you can get on with it. But I think in situations like these, there needed to be mediation somewhere that wasn't in the yeah. public purview because that just really pissed me off. So before we transition to another topic, I, I want to ask, you know, it, there's this per pervasive feeling that once, you know, you're in celebrityhood, once you're in the political arena, et cetera, et cetera, you know, comedians are obviously going to come at you. 
um, late night jokes and, and so on and so forth. The media is going to, for, for some celebrities, follow you everywhere you go. And for others, only when you flub up or, or do something that they deem to be interesting. So once, once you're in that spotlight, is it all bets are off? I have food mm. for thought here, Anthony. And what I want to say is Chris Rock is a comedian. And I've gone to many comedy shows, and I'll just briefly tell of one. It was my 30th birthday, and I went to this comedy show with a group of people, a large group, and a dear friend brought a cheesecake. And we had gone out to a Mexican dinner beforehand, and I had this incredible, (laughs) colorful balloon hat they made me. And I was stupid enough to wear it to the comedy show. (laughs) I was picked on, and then all these people were booing because I was a blind lady. And the first thing the comedian said was, oh, you can't match your clothes. You're blind, so you wear all these balloons so you can match. (laughs) And should that comedian not pick on my disability? You know, and this is food for thought because uh, while he was, while he mentioned something about uh, Will Smith's wife, um, he is a comedian. Jane, I think you had a thought to to that. So if you've ever watched South Park, and I've only watched it a couple of <laughs> times, it was so down to it. I mean, nobody was exempt. And I laughed so hard when Kenny got on about disabilities it was so, it just cleared the air because it was so, so rampant. But, you know, humor. I, I think just, the joke, I think the joke was, you know, really, really poor tasting. Um, however, it's, that's his act. You know, I've heard Chris Rock for years, you know, ver- verbally slay people. Um, you know, you, you kind of have to expect, you know, I, I now do Sunday edition. People are, are always throwing the welcome, welcome, welcome. And, and now I ham it up because that, you know, it's, it's almost a trademark at this point. You, you, when you step into the spotlight, it, that's one of the things that comes along with it. If you don't want that, then you got to find another job. Yeah. Um, violence, violence is never the answer. You know, there could have been a, a whole multitude, you know, the commercial break. Hey, man, come here. Come here. Apologize to Jada. That was effed up. You know, whatever. There are so many different paths that could have been taken. Um, I think we've exhausted this. I I do have one. I do have one thought, Anthony. Um, because you know, I do. I do a show where I play comedy, and so on a weekly basis, I have to deal with the tightrope of tasteful versus uh, not tasteful comedy, and and it is a tightrope because what will be funny and chuckle worthy to one person will be deeply offensive to another person. And, um, you know, there are just certain songs, you know, I mostly deal in, in musical comedy, but there are certain songs or certain artists that I don't play for, for political reasons, or because I know that that song is, is hurtful to someone. Um, I had someone request, she's too fat for me, uh, by Frankie Yankovic. Not not related mm. to Al Yankovic, by the way. No relation. But somebody requested the She's Too Fat for Me polka. And and I I don't play that song very often because way back in college I played that song without meaning to offend anyone. And I deeply hurt uh, a friend of mine 
I deeply hurt them because they have a lot of, a lot of, um, you know, feelings about fat shaming and, and, and feeling bad about their body. And, and so that song was deeply offensive to them. Um, so it really is hard to walk that tightrope. I'm not saying that what Chris said or did was right because it was not, but I, I understand how difficult it must be especially in today's day and age where people are a lot more aware of of what is in bad taste and they're a lot more sensitive to other people's feelings um comedy is really hard right now because you you can really just make a misstep and really put yourself in a bad place in the media by saying the wrong thing yeah Mm -hmm. have you heard the song called um feliz navidad christmas with the family and it's oh it's a country western old country singer who sings it and it is just to me it's hysterical because it's about all the things that happen around christmas that are totally unholy <laughs> oh wow that's funny <laughs> and, and 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 it is i i can't think of his name right now but please go find it and listen to it it's just quite hysterical i certainly will check that out as well I, yeah I want to jump in here and make a public statement, and that is, I do not condone violence of any type. Well, I'm glad that I'm we live that in we a all country. Agree with that. Yeah. Never mind. <laughs> Sorry, Jane. That's all right, okay. so Margie, why don't you take us to the next topic? What do you want to What do you want to chat about next? Oh, um, let's talk about what's so on everybody's mind—the war between Russia or Russia against Ukraine. And I don't want to get so much into the war. I want to talk about the U.S. And there's so much violence going on right now against Russian people in the U.S. And um, these people have nothing to do with the war. We've seen this with previous conflicts uh, where our society starts attacking, quote, unquote, the bad guy. Well, the people living over here aren't the bad guy. Right. And while there's some really wrong things going on there, I want to ask for racial acceptance and tolerance. And what's going on over in Russia has nothing to do with the Russian or the Ukrainian people living in the United States. Um. They've come here to get away from that, and some come here many, many years ago. Some have recently come here, and I just hope that everybody will spread the word that while the war's going on, it's not good. Uh, let's not start beating up and attacking Russians in the United States. You know, kind of like the Korean War. Let's not start beating up and picking on Korean people in the United States. Uh, there's many past wars that I could think of where it, it's an excuse for um, those hostile people in America to take the hostility out on people living in America um, from, in this case, Russia. And that's really unfair. They're not a part of this. You know, that's a really, um, that's a really great point. I, I didn't think of it that way. Um you know, when I was, when I was posting the, the blurb for today, but that's, that's really something we have to think about, right? Um, Pride Connection, which is BPI's podcast, 
did a show last year about the Asian Asian Pacific Islander hate incidents that were happening because of the pandemic and and certain mm-hmm. people's penchant for calling it the China virus, et cetera. Um, and we we have a tendency as a nation to to, to compartmentalize, and that that is that is very scary to me. You know this this country also had their own version of concentration camps. Thankfully, no one was gassed and killed in them. But we we have that in our history. We have slavery in our history. Um, so, you know, that old saying, you know, he who, you know, he who lives in a glass house should, shouldn't throw stones. That's every single human on the planet, including citizens of the United States of America. So I'm I'm gonna leave I'm gonna leave my thoughts there. I want to swing back to another part of this afterwards. But Jane Byron, do either of you want to weigh in on on Marcus? Yep, I see Jane's hand up. Okay, and I'm unmuted. Yeah, Jane, why don't you stay okay. unmuted and, and and stay with us? Okay, well, thank you. Margie, you did hear him give me permission to stay on you. <laughs> Margie was such a help. I'm not the police here. <laughs> no, but you certainly helped me figure it out. Um, Lisa, first of all, house should, should the, throw the stones. singer, that's the singer, on the planet. I hear me. Yeah, it was uh, somebody unmuted themselves that has, they, they've got you on delay on the speaker. Uh, Lynn, mm-hmm. uh, I just muted you again because you have uh, uh, like a, a delayed, you went back in time with Anthony. Okay, go ahead. Sorry about that. So um, the song singer of Christmas in the Family is Robert Earl King, I believe. <laughs> it's just very hysterical. Anyway, what I think about this whole situation with Russia and the Ukraine and the protection of our people is that I don't want to talk about what they're doing in Russia and Ukraine, but it's our job to lavish love where we can. Somebody unmuted themselves that has, they've got you. Lynn, I'm going to mute you again. Um, Please either turn off your replay um, or stay muted. Um, I'm sorry. Go ahead. (laughs) So I, I think it's, most fundamental that we face our own desire to solve that problem over there. It's important that we solve it differently because we're here and we need to treat people with respect that we want with dignity that we ourselves require or hope to have. And we are so absolutely blessed to live in a country where these things are even doable possible on individual by individual terms um i just i absolutely think we have to care for one another and bring each other home that's all so you know anthony uh i I watch a lot of tiktok um and and tiktok is very good about you know figuring out what kind of person you are what kind of videos to give you and so it's it's obviously figured out that i am a blind uh gay liberal (laughs) computer geek and um so one of the videos that i saw that was really interesting was this russian woman who is in america right now for school and she was talking about how the russian people by large um are not in support of this war. 
and 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 you know they have a crazy leader who is making all kinds of really brash decisions sound familiar um so so, you know um they're talking about how there's 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 this divide between russia and ukraine and there are there are people who are in families that are part ukrainian and part russian and they're not going to be able to see their family for years and years um her mother is probably not going to be able to come to america to visit her for years and years she might not be able to go home and visit her family in russia or the or ukraine for years and years these are people that are being torn apart their their love lives or their families or their friendships are are being taken away from them because their countries are at war and and they have zero zero interest or support in this war but their lives are being completely ripped apart because of it so it's people first you know i mean we can talk about what leaders are doing and what countries stances are and what the military is doing but at the end of the day you know these these borders and these wars and these you know laws are affecting real lives real people and let's not forget that in the united states right now we have exchange students over here both in high school and college from russia and i'm 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 hearing horrid stories about them being beat up especially at high school and you know let's always keep in the center of our hearts and our minds that we're all human beings, that we all have feelings. And even even if there's a right and a wrong, let's put our people first. And I don't mean our people as in U.S., I mean mankind. Let's put each human first before our beliefs, our political differences. Let's realize that we all are made of the same thing. Yeah, you know, I, I haven't heard very many reports of violence at this point, personally, but I, like you, have really toned down to listening to the news, listening to certain podcasts, um, because it's too much. It, it's too much. It's on, it's on everything. It's everywhere. And I want the facts, absolutely, but the the endless punding back and forth, I, I, it just, it's bringing... It's bringing even more negativity into into what is already a very negative place to begin with. But, uh, but and so I'm looking myself. But, but I did hear. Go ahead, Jane. Don't you? Isn't there a time in each day when you hear one more decision that uh, that Putin has made, and his people don't like it. His soldiers don't like it as far as I can tell. And so the manipulativeness about talking about oil and gas, you know, we still have oil and gas. Um, The prices raising just becomes a political um, device to my mind. I don't think that's altogether legitimate, but there's a part of me that says, look, I will treat every human being with respect and dignity. But he's evil, and I don't want evil in the world. And I'm glad I'm not a sniper. <laughs> I want to talk about my psyche for a moment in the news. When I again. was watching the news every night at 10 o'clock as I started to doze off to sleep, I was having nightmares. No. And I can't stomach the fact to hear 
that a clinic was blown up with pregnant women. I cannot yeah. stomach the fact to hear that people in a food line are being shot to death. And I know this is the reality, but I don't have to allow it into my psyche every day. I choose to watch a, a uh, I choose to watch the morning show, and I get a little glimpse and pieces of the news there. But to watch a full thirty minutes of the national news or a full thirty minutes of the local news, there's so much negativity. It starts to ooze into my psyche, and it starts to impact me whether it's in my consciousness or subconsciousness but I was actually experiencing nightmares when I was watching the news at 10 before I went to bed and so there's a fine difference for me in knowing what's going on and watching it over and over and over over again yeah one of the one of the things that has been most helpful to me is to read the newsletters that come out from Heather Cox Richardson called Letters from an American. They are so, they're sometimes a little bit long, but they're so uh, information providing and guidance giving. I I appreciate her commentary immensely. Jen, can you say more about that where people can get it? Because I'm not familiar with this and maybe our listeners would like to read those. So it's called Letters from an American. I can email you the website and stuff because I can't say them off the top of my head but you can sign up and you can get her newsletters every day um, maybe you can is, send it to Anthony so you can put I it will. in the show notes in the yep. show notes Absolutely. I'll do that but yep Byron I heard some hands go up so let's let's see what our listeners all right comments looks, our listeners have looks like we've got a hand up from Lynn mm-hmm. all right Hi, hi, Anthony. And by the way, that was uh, that was a problem with my phone. I had to turn the phone totally off. I didn't even know I was unmuted, so I apologize for that. But one of the things that I think about with Ukraine, and I talk about this in my call, the Jewish Hour, which is going to be at noon, my time, um, is that you know Zelensky is Jewish, his prime minister is Jewish, his grandfather, Zelensky's grandfather, was the only person of four who survived in the Holocaust, and. Um, so, you know, and of course, the, the uh, Holo- Jewish Holocaust, well, it wasn't was really a Jewish Holocaust. They also, you know, actually murdered dis- people with disabilities first um, and gypsies and gay people and stuff like that. So, and dissidents. But I do think that when we think about what's happening in Ukraine right now, I really feel bad for the people of Ukraine and, um, you know, partly because of, of Zelensky and, um, and his prime minister. And I think that when we think about the violence in the world or the violence in this country, it's all the same. It all stems from power and authoritarianism. Um, that, that's my view anyway. So I, I appreciate it. And I'm sorry for the problems earlier. Thank you. Um, and thank you. Know, thank you for sharing your thoughts with us. Please stick around and let us know if you have any more. Um, Byron, who's next? All right. Um, also, and Jane, I'm not sure if you are in a place where, it, you know, if you can get to a place that's a little quieter. I'm I'm hearing some background noise, and I'm fairly certain oh. it's yours. Um, I don't know if there's a TV on or something, but I'm hearing quite a bit of background noise. Um, so, I'll go. I'll go see. I'll yeah, go see about it. That'd be great. Um, looks like we yeah. have Meryl next. Hi, Meryl. Go ahead and uh, unmute and uh, ask your question. Oh, oh there uh, she is. Hello. There we go. Uh, Zoom is acting up. Sorry. Oh, no, no, no. oh come on. Okay. Um, You're anyway, here. Um, 
I support you, first of all, 100%, Anthony. I didn't get a chance to respond, but my support is with you 100%. Um, now, I, I totally agree with Lynn. And also, my grandparents, I'm Jewish, and my grandparents were born in Russia, and they escaped the czar in 1917. And I, we should not punish all Russians and the Ukrainian people. My heart goes out to them. So we should only punish Putin and his entourage because of, of what they're doing with all these sanctions. And they can't continue to do the bombing because it is destroying so many um, facilities and things that my heart goes out to the Ukrainian people. And I'm thrilled that we're going to have the benefit conference uh, concert for Ukraine yes. on April 16th. And also, I'm thrilled that the World Blind Union is a place where we can donate. Um, so thank you so much for letting me share. Thank you. You know, there are two, there are two side um, topics on this that I, that I wanted to tackle. Um, and, I, and I was definitely going to announce the concert. So thank you, Meryl, for, for bringing that into You're the welcome. conversation. Mm -hmm. the, first, the first side track I want to take is, you know, at some point, praying much sooner than later at some point the conflict is going to pull back and there's going to be a there is and and there will be much more destruction i mean there are cities and towns that are, are completely flattened they're they're destroyed they're gone mm -hmm. and the rebuilding process is going to be astronomically expensive it's going to take a long time and i'm wondering what we as Americans can do, what we can offer, how we can send love through donations, et cetera, to yeah. that process. Mm -hmm. and, yeah. and I'm really hoping that our politicians, as they're as they are reviewing all the sanctions and, and they're sending all the military aid, that somewhere in this conversation is how can we mobilize, uh, you know, the greatest nation on the, on the planet and send what is going to be i mean they don't have power they don't have water you know i'm i'm praying that the conversation is also happening you know with the nato partners etc how can we help this decimated country rebuild and and survive i i, I totally agree with you the the other thing that you know we're all afraid of i mean i want peace and we we cannot have a world war three because that would be catastrophic for the whole planet. You know, I, I don't get political often because, you know, I think that's a rabbit hole, mm. but I really don't understand why NATO doesn't get together and say, okay, we know where they are, meaning Putin and, and the upper echelon. We know where they are. And for the, the sake of, of peace and, and safety in the world, we've got to go Osama bin Laden them. Mm -hmm. yes. yeah. I just yes. don't understand it. And I know there are many, many, many better minds than mine. So if anybody out there, you know, has a thought on that, please raise your hand and, and let us know. But um, panelists, any thoughts on that? Uh, this is Margie and I want to jump in here. And this is probably not the most popular point of view, but I don't think it's up to humankind to decide to go, oh, Fama bin Latinum. I know we're in a war. I get that. But I will always stand that prayer and love will stop everything over going 
and um, Osama bin Laden <laughs> them. And um, I know that's not a popular point of view because, you know, wars, you lose some, you gain some. But I, I am going to stand firm in my belief that two wrongs will never make a right. And that I honestly believe the power of prayer is so much greater and I know there's been a couple of prayer days. I don't know how widely they've been publicized. And when you get the world praying, that's incredibly powerful. And that would be my first approach. And I do want to say, I am delighted that the United States is only involving themselves to the extent of, to the extent of providing with them with weapons and um, and. I'll just say war-related equipment. What's that? Uh, oh, I thought you were going for humanitarian oh. aid. Oh, yeah. and No, war, war equipment and the humanitarian aid. I'm really happy about that. And, you know, I, I hear conversations, well, we should go over there and get involved. And, you know, I, all I can tell you is I don't know the answer. I really don't know the answer. So where I go to is uh, oh. my higher power. And um, – well, you know, not everybody chooses a higher power, and that's perfectly okay. That's your walk in life. And some people choose a God. Some people choose a Buddha. Some people choose all kinds of things. I don't care what your higher power is. If you have one, you know, put it out there because it's been proven time and time again, world peace and world prayer and world meditation and world energy thoughts, you know, positive energy thoughts is much more effective. Thank you. I, 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 belief in that as well um if i really that's i i've never heard of a world prayer day i, I would love to participate in something like that i hope we i hope we see that manifest again very very soon let's have it let's have it tomorrow <laughs> byron any, any thoughts before i i throw out side track number two no i th i think you guys ought to uh, go on to the next one well I didn't mention this at the top of the show because I knew at some point we would touch, at least touch on Ukraine. Um, you know, the original post that I did speak about at the beginning of the, of the show was congratulating and hoping to inspire. Um, BPI mobilized and I, and I have to do a terrific jumping up and down shout out to one of our members um, who wrote the letter for us and we wanted to respond to the don't say gay bill situation that was happening here in Florida. Um, and um, once, you know, once we read the letter that was written, we knew, oh my God, you know, this is, this perfectly sums up. This says everything as, as a, as an organization that we want. And so we mobilized and we sent it to every single state representative in florida we sent it to media outlets um the we were told that a portion of the letter was read during some of the debate of the bill and um carlos uh, representative carlos smith then reached out with a statement to bpi so we put it uh, we decided to to put it out there to help inspire where you know we're just shy of legislative week and and you know we've done some really good work and we need to continue this. We need to, we need to to continue those relationships all year round. And so, in in having that response sent back to us, it really highlighted the fact that there are folks paying attention. There are people who 
recognize good advocacy work. And so I'm hoping that we as an organization can also pay attention to what's going on politically around all of this and respond if need. Byron? Yeah, you've got some really good thoughts there, man. Um, I, you know, I, I have recently been um, on the other end of, of, you know, some homophobia and I've just come to realize that we are not, we are not where I would like our society to be. And, um, a lot of states have issues with us still, and they're passing bills that greatly affect us. <laughs> and it just, it's flabbergasting that in this day and age, we're still having this conversation that this is still up for debate. So, um, you know, I, I'm really excited for BPI and Pride Connection to take on this topic and, 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 and hear what some of our members have to say and and hopefully we can get some uh, people from you know political representation to come on and and talk about it in the, in the near future yeah stay tuned to pride for, for that pride connection because it's coming actually <laughs> um i uh, somebody just whispered to me that i actually didn't say the name so melanie thomas um melanie thomas who is a BPI member and a very vocal ACP member. She is the one who crafted that letter for us. And like I said, it, it was mentioned on the floor in the, you know, in the state, in the state capital here in Florida. And it was circulated, circulated widely and congratulated. So yeah, Melanie, thanks, Melanie, great job. And thank you. All right. Um, I think it's time to segue to another topic. Um, Margie, I don't, what's I don't know if this I don't know if this is an old hand that I forgot to lower or a new hand, so I'm gonna call on them just in case. Um oh, Meryl Meryl, did you have a question? Your hand is still up. No, I probably should have lowered it. Myself. No, that's my fault. I, I, I should be lowering hands, but I forgot I forgot. Okay, to do it. thank All right. you. All right, sorry, Anthony, go ahead. All right, Margie. What's what do you want to talk about next? And I wasn't as quick as I thought I would be. So, Anthony, <laughs> you so kind as to yep. throw it out there. All right, then let's got a little falling off not being able to come on through Zoom this morning. <laughs> <laughs> let's bring it back to our organization itself. Um, the decisions have been made. Wow. We are officially going hybrid. So, if you, if anybody's got any thoughts, please get those hands up. Um, I, I want to say, say something. All right. I'll go so, after you then. Go ahead. I am so proud of our board of directors. You know, some said it was an easy decision. Some said it was tough. I will not be going. I am a person of high risk um, medically, and I will probably end up wearing a mask for the rest of my life because I've been the healthiest in my life since I've been wearing a mask. But um, I also elect in my life at this time to not put myself in large groups. And what I heard so clearly, first I was going, there's no way we can go. There's no way we can go. you got all these blind people. What have we said the last couple of years? Blind people touch. Blind people run into each other. We can't keep separation. And, you know, my whole opinion changed as I was listening to that board meeting. And what I heard is our survey showed, and don't get me on the numbers. I'm not going to quote the numbers that a large percentage of our membership said they would go. And that, to me, is sufficient enough for our board to have voted unanimously that we are holding an in-person component to this convention so those who want to go will go. 
And you know what? It's hybrid, as we've been promised all along, so I wasn't even concerned about that. And I'm grateful as a person at risk that I get to stay home and I get to vote this year. <laughs> you know, again, yep. and and I'm I'm just hoping that we're we've set it up so that we can vote on resolutions remotely as well. Um, I know we had talked about that last year. I don't know where that stands, but I want to commend our board because um, it wasn't just about money. It was about lives. It was about the message they heard from our members. And you know, I believe that we have reached a win-win here. You certainly have satisfied me with the remote part, and you satisfied those people who really feel the need to reconnect in person so to our board hats off it's not an easy job being a board member you probably get more criticism at times than praise it's and i want you to know i appreciate the careful thought of each and every one of you that put into your vote thank you thank you you know margie you stole sure god (laughs) thank you i just sent you the information about heather cox Richardson, Thank I think. You. So let me know if you got it. I absolutely agree with you, Marjorie, the, the complexities of trying to manage this unwieldy and yet uh, on the move, getting up and moving it. It just is. What a great organization. And uh, I haven't been as involved for years, but I will never not. How do you like that from an English major? stay far away until the day I cross over. You know, it just matters to give back. I am utterly proud of what ACB has managed to get done for this um, conference this year. My twin sister and I were going to go, and we are not going to. Um, We are in the process of moving, and there are travels for her that are coming up. But boy, we will be there virtually and we'll be loud and proud. Well, I guess I should say that for myself. I'll be loud and proud and part of the crowd. Anyway, I just really appreciate ACB. You both stole my thunder. Um, I, I honestly was on the fence as to how I, I really felt. Um, you know, Gabe and I are pretty much planning on going unless anything major changes between now and then. Um, Due to people in our lives that are higher risk, we will be wearing masks, you know, every anywhere publicly, um, mm. you know, and and going with a little bit of prayer. You 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 can get it on the plane, you can get it at Publix, <laughs> um, you know, and and there is a component that at some point we have to we have to segue back into what once was normal and what needs to be normal again. Um, you know, the number, I, I, I can speak on the number, the number was 23%, um, which is higher, which is a higher percentage than most in-person uh, pre-pandemic. So that there, right alone, you know, fiscal, fiscally respons- fiscal responsibility, you know, is something that I think as members, we don't really think about very often. But if we're not fiscally responsible, then we won't have an organization and there will never be a debate about in-person or hybrid convention again. Um, I, I really learned a lot listening to the board meeting and, and, and it gave me many more avenues of, of thought. Um, so I'm, I definitely stand, extend a very healthy congratulations and thank you to, to our board of directors who it seems to me really did take the time um, and the temperature 
popping up on the email lists into various calls, steering committee calls, um, the SIA circle, and, and some of the community calls as well to hear what, you know, what the members were saying and to get some, you know, true man on the street feedback before they, they made their decisions and listening to, you know, listening to those of the board members that shared what they did really made me, really made me think, um, hopefully this will inspire the board to be a little bit more active in other areas of our advocacy and other areas of our organization that need, that need more attention. Um, so if you have some convention comments or questions, let's get those hands up. I think that was Margie who wanted to speak next. Sure, sure. Um, while we're waiting for the hands to come up, you know, there's a couple things I appreciate here. I appreciate the option of the choice, which is now given to our members. And I'm always for people's individual choice. But there's something I have recognized in our president, Dan Spoon, that <clears throat> just warms my heart. And I saw it again, I heard it again on Friday night, and again, I walked into listening to that going, if you guys vote yes, you guys are crazy. What I appreciate about Dan is that he allowed every, and he's done this, new, uh, this wasn't his first time, he allows every board member to go around and give their thoughts, their concerns, whatever they want to share on this. And yeah. he waits and speaks his at the end. And... um and then the vote was taken after everybody was able to say their part. You don't see that in a lot of board presidents in general in our society. And I also appreciate the absolute um, decision to make it a roll call vote because I, I actually would like to see a lot of things be a roll call vote because in our society, we get to watch how people vote on Congress and our state capitals. Mm -hmm. And for me, sometimes that makes my decision on who I want to vote for, who's better representing my point of view. So I want to mm -hmm. commend Dan for that style that he brought to ACB. Yay. All right, Byron, who's, who, what hands do we have? Okay, uh, we have a hand from Meryl. Uh, good, good afternoon again. Um, I <clears throat> echo everything that Margie um, said, um, um, but I also feel that the board and the steering committee and Janet, they have a lot of work to do because they're going to have to do the protocols for everything. And that's going to be a lot of hard work, but they're going to get everything done. And so I applaud the board because that was a wonderful meeting. And I applaud them for making a unanimous decision um, about having a hybrid convention. And I'm leaning toward going uh, unless there's any unforeseen circumstances. So thank you so much. So awesome. Uh, Anthony, I'll, I'll give you kind of my, my take on, on the convention and how I feel about it. Um, you know, there's certainly some nervousness about going, um, you know, because COVID is still very much a thing. Uh, but I have also done quite a bit of travel in the last, you know, year and a half, um, going to New York to help my friend move. And so, you know, I'd be an awful hypocrite if I was like, oh, I can't go to the convention, COVID. Um, so, you know, the, the, the fear of COVID comes and goes, it, it wanes, you know, it wanes and waxes. And, um, you know, there are times where the numbers are skyrocketing and I'm getting nervous and uh, there's some mystery 
variant and I'm like, oh man, I don't want to go. And then there are times where it's like, oh, you know, the numbers are down. Cases are, are fewer and fewer. And I'm like, oh, well, I want to go now. So uh, I can't say as to how I would feel come January, uh, come July, um, when the convention comes, uh, where the numbers will be, uh, that will, that will dictate, you know, if there's a last minute cancellation or whatever, but overall, I'm really excited about the convention. Um, as, as a technical behind the scenes person, I am both nervous and excited about this hybrid convention because the work will fall on, uh, the folks who are on the, on the crew of ACB media to make sure that this all goes off without a hitch. We will be physically going from room to room and changing batteries and wireless microphones and setting up equipment Mm -hmm. and, you know, getting people logged into zoom and then coming back to log them out. Um, it's going to be more, it's going to be more work, uh, than, than in past years, because we're going to have to manage these hybrid setups. Um, so my call to action here, and, and maybe I'm speaking out of turn here, but we need more people with technical expertise, even if it's yep. just the ability to close Zoom down for us so that we're not just sitting there hogging up a room, Zooming in an empty room. Uh, we need people who can tear down equipment, move equipment around, change batteries. Um, you know, So if, if that's you, if you're mm-hmm. technically minded, if you're interested in helping, talk to Rick Morin. He's uh, usually he's the one that is kind of in charge of the of the crew at convention, and let him know that you're interested in providing assistance during this time, because it's it's going to be a lot of very difficult work. I I remember the last convention I went to in 2016. Uh, my phone told me that I clocked over 10,000 steps each single day. Uh, of that convention because I was running from one side of the Minneapolis, you know, hotel to the other, just running around like a chicken with my head cut off, trying to, you know, gather equipment and move it around and change batteries and all that. So please help. I would like to put a plea out to every ACB member. And those of you that are going, um, you know, you're not wearing a mask for yourself. You're wearing a mask for others. And mm-hmm. you're not washing your hands for yourself. You're washing your hands for others. And um, I know three people in the past two weeks that's gotten COVID. Mm-hmm. Now, that's a low number, but it just always reminds me, keep your protocols up. Just because mm-hmm. we don't have the deaths and we don't have the hospitalizations doesn't mean it has gone away. And we know factually that there's a couple ways of preventing the spread of COVID is wearing a mask. And washing your hands as often as you can. Absolutely, we carry we carry hand sanitizer with us, and mm-hmm. you know extra masks. Just in, those little strings can often break at the worst possible moment. Yep. <laughs> well, I know that one. Boarding <laughs> yeah, a pure transit vehicle, putting it on, and it pop. <laughs> reaching reaching down to pick up the poop, and please, folks, I have to say this. Please, folks who are guide dog users, yes, clean up after your damn dog. After your puppy, um, you know the last in person um, uh, leadership week 20, 2020, We stepped out. We were one of the last last um, people to leave from the hotel because we were spending some time with my sister in Virginia. We stepped out, and and there was poop everywhere. In the in that front, you know, where you get picked up, the circular drive, there was poop everywhere. So please, folks, just pick up after your pooch. 
Um, but I got Anthony, I want to jump in here. Having served yeah. as the guide dog rep to the convention committee for 10 years and having had one guide out of my seven guides, um, she was my third guide. And she was a great pooper, and I never knew she was walking and pooping. And so I ask for some compassion here. Not everybody does it intentionally. And some do- some people, I've had several dogs, I would never accept another, that is a walking pooper, which makes it very difficult to clean up all of it. So uh, let's not always just assume that people are intentionally not doing this. Let's have compassion for those who have these kind of dogs that I just mentioned. Also, if you have an accident or your dog, well, (laughs) even if you did, but if your dog has an accident and it's indoors or it's in front of the door, I believe it's um, Scoop Masters that's going to be there, and people know how to get a hold of them. If If your dog has an accident, I think every conventioner would be much happier that you were 10 minutes late to a meeting and you stayed with that so nobody else stepped in it while Scoop Masters mm. or someone from the hotel gets there. And um, if you know you have a walker, there's partially sighted people with dogs. There's um, Scoop Masters tends to be out there during um, peak times. I know a lot of school instructors are out there. You might just say, hey, I have a walking dog and I, I need to make sure I have it all. The other thing I want to say about guide dogs, you know, we get exhausted. And I don't think any of our dogs are literally used to used to walk, no, working absolutely. 8 to 14 hours a day. Take an hour off. Take a cane. Give your dog a break. I, uh-huh. I happen to have a dog that has a lot of anxiety. So I would not leave my dog alone because I don't want him barking and whining and crying. I would take the hour off. Well, um, if Carla's going to be there, pay for a doggy massage. Just remember, these dogs are not used to this. They're not used to the water. They're not used to working around other dogs, other canes, I mean, bunches of canes. They're used to working in a sighted crowd, generally speaking. So be kind to your dog, please, and give it the break it needs. And, you know, the other thing, is I know when I travel with my dog, although, you know, when I was training with my dog, he was the first one out at 530 in the morning, the first one to do his business, and we were always the first one back inside. I was blessed with this dog and my last dog. There are many dogs. (laughs) There are many dogs (laughs) who need extra time at whatever time you you call your relieving time, the school I went to calls a park. So you might take five minutes at home or 10. You might need 20 minutes while you're relieving your dog. Uh-huh. And while we want to socialize, I, I like to say this. We don't sit, well, most of us, I'm not going to say everyone, we don't sit in our toilets at home and call people, most people. And we take that as our private time. When you're out at the relieving area, remember, that is your dog's private time. Pay attention to your dog so you know what your dog's doing. And we all know what we're trained in school, but we all get so excited because now we've just seen someone else that we haven't seen all convention. But give that minute to your dog. Thank you. That's a great, great point. Can you I know, jump before... in and add one more thing to that? Sure. Thank you. I am a, I have my ninth working dog with me. And I think... <clears throat> As you prepare to go to convention, 
just make sure you practice those wonderful obedience commands a couple times a day. You don't have to make big, long, hour-long things. Just once or twice a day, go through them. And then when you're at convention, um, be sure, please, that you maintain as best you can a consistent relieve time. Take it like you do at home. Um, That makes a huge difference. Yeah. And add in an extra one. Add in an extra one or two because your dogs are walking much more than you do at home. Yep. Maybe it's going to stimulate their bowels, and that's all I'm going to (laughs) say. All great points. Give yourself an extra time, too. Yeah. (laughs) All great points. And while we are talking about our skilled professionals, let me remind our ACB folks that GDUI and this program right here, Sunday Edition, is putting on an amazing program um, called Furry Tales. And it is basically a way to honor and remember the amazing guide dogs that have come through the American Council of the Blind. So if you have a current or a past dog that is yours or someone that a dog that you have loved that was someone else's, please send your submissions to Sunday Edition AC at gmail.com and you will see the furry tales posting many times between now and the deadline, which is May 15th. Um this Anthony. is a great transition to go to get up and get moving because we're just talking about our dogs. Yep. But before you do, Anthony, your um, Sunday edition thing in my list, the S is capitalized and the E and the AC are capitalized. Um, I don't know if that's important, but they are as I have them listed. Is Are they important? I don't think so. Byron, you might know better than me, but are there any servers that won't accept it if it's if if it's not the exact casing? Oh no, uh, so the casing doesn't matter when it comes to email. I didn't think so. Yeah, okay. It, it okay. ignores awesome. that. Yeah. Um Anthony, Thank it looks like Oh, well, actually there uh oh yeah, their hand is still up. Uh you have an a, a raised hand from Deanna. Hey, hey. Deanna, welcome back to Sunday edition. <laughs> Hi, Anthony. I was thinking about the importance of ACB and all of the accomplishments because I've been a member since 1980. I was a stay-at-home mom with two toddlers and a um, 12-year-old adopted blind child. That was one of my souvenirs from my Peace Corps experience. And I went to a state convention up in Portland by myself on the Greyhound bus with my little um, Black Lab Irish. And I was so impressed with the people I met at the convention. Our president at that time was Kim Charlson. I met Brian Charlson. I met um, Grant Mack. I met, you know, just a lot of really wonderful people at the convention that a point of drawing me in and getting to know me and encouraging me to take different roles right from the get-go. I think I was home two weeks when Kim asked me if I'd go to a a disability women's conference at the University of Eugene and cover it for her because she had another commitment and so she said that she needed someone to go and write an article for the state newsletter about this conference. And from then on, you know, I'm not technically 
um, I can't help you, Byron, but I have done information desk. I've done collating of the newsletter. You know, I've done where I could, um, what I could at a convention. And I've worked at the local, state, and national levels um, in leadership roles that I didn't want because I had a, a, an idea or a, a, a passion for something and I needed, I sort of took the Lily Tomlin um, quote that I love that says, I always thought somebody ought to do something about that. And then I realized I was somebody. So yep. even though I'm a shy Yay. person, you know, I've mm. stepped up when I saw a need. And I think that's what ACB is all about. It's the one reason why I got involved in a larger blind movement, because I sensed right away that everybody has room at the table. It doesn't matter your skill level. It doesn't matter, you know, what you know is is valued and appreciated, even if you're not the, the best mobility person, even if you're not a person that has a bunch of degrees, if you have an open heart and a willingness to serve, there's room for you at the table and there's room for you to contribute and your voice will be heard. Thank so, you so much. There's, you know, an, old, there's an old God. poem. Uh, I think it's Tennyson about the brook and there's a line in there, you know, men may come and men may go, but the brook goes on forever. Well, COVID may come and COVID may go. Problems may come and problems will go. And ACB will go on forever if we step up and step in. Yeah. And I want to thank Deanna. I, I just love you, Deanna, and all your wisdom. <laughs> yes. um, and this is our organization. So when people stand around and go, when are we going to do this? Well, step up and do it. You know, the board only runs this organization between conventions because we can't get all get together. But this is everyone that belong is a member. It's our organization. Don't wait for somebody else to, you know, quote unquote, pick up the broom and sweep the floor. This is your organization. This is my organization. So thank you for that wonderful gift of your insight, yes. Deanna. Yes. You know, yeah. and, and Deanna somebody... was making me think what oh. Byron was talking about before in, in ACB Media and how much responsibility is going to be placed on the shoulders there. Um, I hope somebody steps up and comes up with an idea of how some way that we can that we can thank the folks that are going to give up a lot of their personal convention to make sure that we all get a fabulous, fantastic convention, whether it's in person or as part of the the hybrid virtual component. So I really do hope somebody thinks up an amazing idea of how we can thank everyone that's part of the ACB media team for, for the sacrifices that they're going to give for all of us to have this convention. Byron, you wanted to give a thought and then let's take that quick break and yeah. come back with Get Up, Get Moving. So, um, Anthony, you and I had somebody uh, pop in just prior to a Sunday edition a couple weeks ago and they were giving some suggestions of some things that ACB should do. Uh, and I think both of us, you and I were both kind of like, um, well, you sound like you're really passionate about it. Um, 
you know, why don't you, why don't you approach the board about this? Why don't you start a, a grassroots effort to have this <clears throat> thing that you're obviously very passionate about? <clears throat> you know, why don't you be the person that gets that started instead of, instead of telling us, Hey, you should, you know, ACB yeah. should do dot, 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 dot. You know, it's great that people are having these thoughts that they are coming up with ideas, but they bring it to the board and they drop it at their feet and they go, all right, have fun with that. I did my part. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I came yeah. up with the idea. Bye. You know, so, you know, you gotta, you gotta carry the load. If you want something done, you know, it's said, if you want something done, you kind of have to do it yourself. Well, that's very true. And even in an organization such as this, sometimes if you want something done, you just kind of have to pick it up and be the one to make the, you know, to lead the charge. Absolutely. So we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back and we're going to be talking a little bit, get up, get moving. And then we're going to listen to your topics that you guys want to hear talk about. Join me, Brian McCallan, on Speaking Out for the Blind. I interview blind newsmakers to inspire the population to go for their dreams. Speaking Out for the Blind airs Fridays at 8 p.m. Eastern on ACB Media One. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to Sunday Edition. And, you know, Margie just said something that I, I absolutely love. This is our organization. And, you know, I always tell the, the members of Blind Pride International, Pride Connection is all of our show. And Sunday Edition is everybody in ACB show. So if you have some topics you want to bring up, let's get those hands up. But we're going to talk a little bit about Get Up and Get Moving right now. Because we're about a year into the campaign, and, and I'm wondering, I'm going to go backwards, I'll get my thoughts last. I'm wondering, how has Get Up and Get Moving um, inspired, affected, or maybe not at all, um, some of our panelists, and, and please raise your hand if you want to talk about that as well. Um, but how has Get Up and Get Moving inspired you? Let's go with Byron first. Oh, wow. Um, get up and get moving has inspired me to get up and get moving to the nearest McDonald's. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, actually, I have uh, recently joined a gym here in Minneapolis. It's called Sulcana Fitness. And um, they do kind of like a CrossFit sort of style of training. It's it's like weightlifting and strength building. Uh, so it's not <clears throat> it's not so much about weight loss. It's not about losing the pounds. There's a lot of body positive um, energy there. Um, and the ACB Get Up and Moving campaign is partially responsible for why I decided to join. I just decided it was time to get up and start doing something. Um, so, so it's not about the weight loss, although the weight loss would be great. It's more so about just being, being healthier, getting out there and doing something and being around a lot of people that, that think the same way that I do. So, you know, I'm, yeah. I'm very much enjoying my time at this gym. Margie. Get up and get moving. Um, when did the campaign start, Anthony? Officially, I think it was last legislative week, um, but do not a year ago. That. Okay. I might be wrong, but it, it's basically about a year ago. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So um, during COVID, I quit my gym membership and, um, and in, I believe it was December, I picked up a gym membership with a new little gym here by my house. You know, I, I like to use excuses. It's too cold out. It's too hot out. The equipment isn't accessible. Blah, 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 blah. Well, 
I, I wasn't conscious of it until right now is why I asked the dates of when that um, start when the get up and get moving campaign started. I think there was some level that impacted me to make me get my body back into a gym. And, um, you know, the equipment isn't accessible, but I work with them and they put tape on the machines that I, the cardio equipment I like to use and at the, at the quick um, start. And then I can use the manual buttons. And I do have a heart rate monitor. Sometimes I use it, sometimes I don't, because I want cardio exercise. It's not about weight loss. It's not about pounds. It's about a commitment to my physical well-being. And, you know, and I do weights. And when I go around and do my weights, I take my cane and my dog lays over by a wall. And um, so far, I haven't sat on anybody's lap. So I always walk up, I hit the equipment with my cane. I say, is anybody on this? Sometimes they have their earbuds in and they don't answer me. And I reach out and I go, oh, I'm so sorry. And you know what? So what? I'm going to the gym three days a week solidly. And I'm doing what I need to be doing for myself. And I even had an episode at the gym this year, a very serious asthma episode that honestly was not related to my workout. It all happened totally afterwards. And I was back in the gym as soon as I was off of prednisone. I didn't use that as an excuse. I didn't start telling myself, well, working out is causing yeah. asthma. It was a stress in my life that was causing asthma, the episode. And... um you know, I didn't make my three days this week. I chose to go on a long walk with a friend, the hike, and then I started saying in my head that, um, oh, I got three days of exercise. And I said, nope, your, your three days of exercise is at the gym. Anything else is bonus. So I think just knowing that there's a community out there has really kept me motivated. And um, I feel so much better when I go to the gym. And you know, if you want to talk about weight loss, you're not going to lose weight going to the gym if you're doing weights because muscle weighs more than fat. And I, yep. I tend to go more how my clothes fit me. Um, I don't I don't use scales. It's how does my clothes fit me? What size do I want to be? Remembering that I'm almost 60 years old. I've had a child. I'm not going to have that 24-year-old body ever again. As much as I think uh -huh. it would be great to have, it's just not my reality. And so... You know, it's it's not just about diet, exercise. It's about your cardiovascular system. It's about your mental health. It Exercise helps in so many different ways. And I'm grateful for yeah. this Get Up and Get Moving because I think at some level it did impact my choice. You know, like you, um, <clears throat> I gave up my gym membership for because of the pandemic um, and then moved <laughs> right at the start of the pandemic. Um, so I have I, I actually haven't found a gym here. Um, but I, I've been working out. I, I joke, I, I say I've been working out since I was like four years old. Cause that's when I started playing baseball. Um, get up and get moving inspired me in a lot of ways. And I'm not going to, I'm not going to spend a lot of time going through all of them, but you know, one thing I, I thought I heard Zelda come in. Um, and if she's here, Hey, 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 you know, when I saw Zelda's post, um, I thought to myself, man, that's a cool idea. Um, and so, you know, I have my own version of walking to Omaha and I am definitely getting into the gym within the next two weeks. I'm going to find one here that I'm comfortable with. I'll check a couple out and figure out what works for me. Um, but most importantly, it, it remind, it, it made me face the fact, like you just said, I, I can't believe how in sync we all are today. Um, like you just said, 
I, I, my body is not the 25 year old body anymore. It doesn't bounce back as quickly as it used to. It's not ever going to be a size 30 waist again. <laughs> you know, you, your hips shift, your body changes. Even, even if I weighed the, you get the exact same that I did when I was 25, I still wouldn't be a size 30. Um, and, and I, I'm, I'm really okay with it. I'm really okay with with not having to have whatever this picture of perfect that I had in my head of what my body needed to be. Um, it's more about the health of it. I need, I need to continue the health component of what working out meant for me. And, and so even though I don't really care about being a size 30 anymore, um, I don't want to have to spend a whole lot of money to replace wardrobe. And there are a bunch of things that do not fit right now. Um, and I'm saying that to make people laugh, I hope. But, um, you know, the the healthy component of, of paying attention. Even in my 30s, I didn't pay attention to my body. Um, you know, I did all the right things, or, or, or at least what I thought were the right things. And when something conflicted with whatever fun I was having, or my needing to be working 24 hours a day, seven days a week, I was like, ah, okay, well, I'm still good. You know, look at this, look at the body, look at the, look at the strength, I'm good. But there's so many internal components that all, all everything, every piece of my body, every single hair on my body needs care, it needs attention. And it needs self-love. And so the get up and get moving piece that, it, that for me, the most of it is self-care, self-loving, self-health watching, all of those things all wrapped up into one big, beautiful inspiration called get up and get moving. All right. Let's I want to jump in here and just say okay. um, many of us have a ladies. I have an a man. I change it to a man's voice. And I just asked the benefits of exercise. And if you have an A-person machine in your house, ask the benefits of exercise. I'm going to give you two. Two is, one is bone density. For us women, that's very important. And, um, oh, gosh, I just forgot the second one I w that I was not aware of. Um, I guess it doesn't, oh, you know, just ask your A person or Google it or whatever. Um, outside, you know, we think of exercise is, uh, as losing weight, but it's so many health benefits. And as we age, it becomes more and more important. Absolutely. You know, the body is very uh, self-elastic. It, 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 it is designed to fix itself. It's designed to to work at its maximum potential. But having having said that, you have to give the maximum potential to your body so it can give you its maximum potential. Um, you know, I, I have done this since I was in school, since I, you know, young. Every morning, I'm a morning person. I'm also a night person. So I, <laughs> you know, I don't sleep a lot. But um, every morning while I was getting ready, I would take five minutes or so, depending on how long the song was, but something really up and energetic. And before I got in the shower, before I had that first cup of coffee, I would go out into my kitchen and just dance my butt off. It get, got your heart rate going, et cetera, et cetera. And I had, I had given that up. I hadn't done it. I hadn't done it once since I got to Florida. And that's something else that I brought back into my life. And I don't post every day on the Get Up and Get Moving Facebook page, but I pick a few days a week and I throw something out there to help inspire others. 
even five minutes of dancing, if you've never exercised ever in your life, what a great way to start. Put on a song, something that you love and just dance your butt off for those five minutes. All right, Byron, let's, uh, let's hit some of those hands. All right. Looks like we've got a hand from Lynn. Lynn, go ahead and uh, unmute and ask your question. I wanted to say, this is Lynn, by the way. Um, I wanted to say that I go to a gym and I started going in Anchorage when I was working part-time uh, for the um, uh, health VA healthcare system and uh, curves. And I like curves because you don't have to put weights on. You don't have to figure out how the machine works. And, um, and so then I, I went to Florida and they had it open for a while, but then she closed it. Then I didn't go to, then I went to another gym and I didn't really like that very much because it wasn't a machine where I'd bump into them even with, with my dog and one of the street machines, they were all over the place. And, um, then when I moved to Washington state, I found several, uh, curves locations when I was in Auburn I found one I don't like that as much as I like the one that I'm going to now they're very kind they really help me with the machines they make they didn't do this in Anchorage but they walk around with me to make sure I'm not going to fall or do anything stupid and I know the machines very well I can name all of them and um, I really like the machines because they're hydraulic they work with your own body weight so that's what I do three times a week and you know I have a lot of chronic pain and stuff like that so you know I do the best I can and Hoping to go to Omaha because it's one of the eight states I haven't been to. Um, I have traveled a lot, and uh, I'm not really interested in traveling as much. But I did go to Florida in February, so um, that's my that's my story. And I do think that it's very difficult to find a gym that will work with you and be kind to you and stuff like that. And and you just have to work with it. Lynn, I'm going to ask you. I happen to know what Curbs is. And it's a women's gym, but I'm going to ask you to describe it and not, let's not assume people know what Curves is, but it's pretty oh, cool and very different. I'm sorry. It is very different. It really works with, um, they have music, very upbeat music that you, they have, that's in the middle of the machine. So after you do a machine, you do 30 seconds on each machine, then you do 30 seconds on a mat, you do 30 seconds on another machine. And the, as like I said, the great thing about it is, they're the same machines at every curve, so you don't even have to learn any new machines. And they're hydraulic, so it works with how much energy you put into the machines. And it has certain um, auditory cues, I would say, like swishes and stuff like that, so you know if you are really putting all your oomph into it. The other thing that I love about curves is that they have stretching machines. Instead of getting down on the floor and doing some of the stretches, you stretch your leg out. They have these machines that actually do the stretching for you at the end. And there are like, I don't know how many machines there are, but I love the stretching machines. And that's 17% of, uh, of, of the workout basically at curves. And it's a 30 minute workout and you go around twice and then you have the um, stretching machines, which basically uh, stretch you out and, and relax you after it. Afterward. Does that explain it, Borgie? I want to add to that. Having been a member of a curves when they first came out, and I think this is a real key element for blind women because it is a women's gym. Um, the machines, depending on the shape of the physical room, they're usually in a circle or an oval. So even those of us that may have not the best mobility, it's easy to move from machine to machine with a cane because you're just getting off of one, taking your cane, and um, finding the next one. You're not walking across a gym. Um, okay. And the other thing I have always found very helpful is using my cane at the gym. And I would go to curves during offbeat time, so to speak, because if you're there with the class, 
I lost more time moving from one to the next, putting my cane down, picking my cane up. So I would go on, this is just my preference. I would go when it wasn't crowded. And uh, you know when your 30 seconds is up because it's according to the beat of music. So I'll take my 30 seconds to get um, from the first machine to the second, get on it, get set up. And as soon as the music changes, I'll start my 30 seconds of exercise there. That's the beauty if you can go to one off hours. I agree with that. I, I agree with that. And also what it says after 30 seconds is change stations now. So you know when your 30 seconds is up. You don't have to guess. And that's one of the great things about curves. And sometimes the change stations doesn't work. And I figure, my gosh, it's got to be 30 seconds by now. But basically, um, it works your, your legs, your arms, your torso, all, all, uh, your back, um, your chest, every, you know, almost every part of your body, especially for a women's gym. So I endorse it. But you have to find a gym that will work with you because... I know Meryl was telling me that she went to one and they, they weren't kind to her at all. So I think it really depends. And, you know, I would call them up first and say, look, I'm blind. Are you willing to yeah. to work with you? Because the coach is there. The interesting thing also, you don't pay for coaching either. Extra. The coaching is built into their whole. Uh, into their, structure. Into their whole structure. Exactly. You know, in, in, into their mission, basically. So it's really great. So that's what I think. Thank you, Margie. Thank you, Lynn. Thank you. That's great. And I also recommend that if you choose to join a bigger gym, um, um, every state has their own gyms, um, but it's really worth it. Even if you do three lessons with the trainer, I, I know we can't all afford it. It can be costly, but if for no other reason to learn where the machines are located that you want. I used to belong to a gym called California Family Fitness before I switched. and um, they end up, they have like so many of the same equipment, so many treadmills, so many um, elliptical, so many of this, so many of that, that they actually had a kind of a separate section um, that had different equipment. And they ended up putting my three cardio machines over there. Um, so it was easy. I didn't have to go across the gym. And I was a member for about five years. And not only did they do that, on one of each of the cardio machines, this was so cool. They put a little three-by-five card on the equipment itself, and I thought it was very tasteful because they marked my machine. And for some, I put, I brought in my brailler, and I brought in dymo tape, and we marked it. And for some reason, sighted people like to pick things off. But here's what the card said. This machine is reserved for our blind and visually impaired guests and members. What that enabled, and I never had a problem. So, wow. because it was an in-machine, if somebody else was on it, because, say, take the elliptical. There's 10 ellipticals. There's one that I can use. And if somebody was on it, I'd walk up and say, would you mind changing machines? I never had a problem. So, if you can come in with some ideas of what could help you or, or find a partner in ACB and find out some of the adapt the adaptations that we have made. Um, but I found it really helpful to work with the trainer when I first started out at California Family Fitness. And then I then I bought more lessons because I thought it was good to work on posture, especially, you know, stretching is the most important thing you can do after your workout. And mm -hmm. learning stretches and learning exercise on the floor like planks and um, those types of things. Um, I highly recommend it. And we have some amazing leaders in the Get Up and Get Moving campaign, and I can't possibly list them all, but, you know, Thomas Tobin is leading the charge. 
Um, we have folks like Leslie Spoon, who is very active, Terry Suarez, um, Connie Sims. So, you, you know, if you have ideas for the Get Up and Get Moving campaign or you want to volunteer for something and, and you know, have a little bit of, of motion within your volunteer, you know, I'm sure that they'd love to, to have more participation. If you've got questions, um, they are definitely good at fielding you know, subject matter experts within our community, so to speak. And, and, and I'm sure, you know, being matched up with someone who is working out or, or maybe, you know, you're, you need some diabetic information. We've got diabetic, diabetics in action who are a big component of, of get up and get moving. So please, you know, reach out to these folks. Um, get up and get moving has its own page. There's contact information on there. And of course, you can always use Sunday Edition, AC at gmail.com. And I can forward, you know, reach outs, questions, comments to the appropriate folks as well. Um, do we have any hands, Byron? Looks like we have one from Deanne. Yeah. First of all, I have to say um, that I am a golden girl. No apologies. I'm 73. I'll be 74 in September. God bless. <laughs> so it's not always easy. I've got the answer for you, um, Anthony. When things shift where you don't want them to be, I think if we could all use gravity by walk, learning to walk on our hands, it might shift back the other way. But um, I can do it. I used to be able to do a headstand. I don't think I'd ever get up on my hands and actually walk. My wrists are too puny. But <laughs> um, what I do because my husband of 51 years um, is now in a wheelchair and he's been in a wheelchair since 2015. I quit working in 2016 so that I could be a 24 seven caregiver because we were living in a house and he could no longer make it up the stairs to eat dinner with the family. And my being at work and my daughter being at work all day, he was there alone. And if he fell, there'd be no one to get him up. So he was still using a walker at that time. But when he went to the wheelchair full time, I quit and found a place in town so that we could qualify for paratransit. I could, I've got a bit of a walk to get to the bus stop, but I can. And I figured there might be a time when he can no longer drive because his neurologic condition is progressive. So um, what I do is I recognize, okay, I've lost three inches in height. <laughs> my my uh, spine is slowly collapsing. And so I have to be careful. But one of the things I really work on is core strength because that's what protects my back when oh. I'm lifting climbing up on things to reach things that he can't reach um you know is that core muscle strength so a lot of that you can even do first thing in the morning when you wake up just lying in bed you know there are exercises you can do and i'm also a proponent of dance anthony because yeah I loved to dance when I was a teenager. Then I married a man who didn't dance, but you know, but um, putting on some music and dancing around your kitchen, uh, you know, m make motion part of what you do. Um, 
what the best shape I've ever been in was when I lived in a house with six flights of stairs from, they were half flights Mm -hmm. from the basement to the top of the house and running up and down, you know, to go get my purse in my bedroom to, you know, to go up out on the balcony off my dressing room for the house. You know, it was, it was, thoughtless exercise so you can include a lot of things even when you live in an apartment building you can walk the halls at 2 a.m if you can't sleep you know you can incorporate movement into your day um i bought myself an exercise bike um after christmas because i'd had to have back surgery and i was thinking it's too cold and it's too nasty to, to go out walking i hate to have to drag him out in the cold to drive me to the mall so I can walk you know so I bought an exercise bike and 30 minutes on that tells my apple watch that I've done my exercise for the day and it tells (laughs) me my heart rate and it tells me you know all of that kind of stuff so um yeah my apple watch is an ag so she keeps me moving (laughs) Yeah, and she has lots of ideas on exercise as well. (laughs) Sure, so it's it's all doable, even if you live in a really small space. There are a lot of, uh, I learned a lot of exercises that you can do while you're standing at the kitchen counter, you know, in your bedroom, using the the dresser as a a focal point and doing um, Achilles tendon stretches, which protects your feet from uh, plantar fasciitis, which I got once from wearing high heels too many years. Um, and, you know, you do the cellar door on the on your dresser in the morning. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You, know. you know, Deanna, we have an amazing resource right here in the American Council of the Blind. I'm wondering if you've ever attended any of Leslie Spoon's um, cardio and... Yeah, I did up until... Christmas when um, I had some major back surgery and I wasn't allowed to do anything for six weeks, not lift anything above a carton of milk. And um, my darling husband took over the laundry and I heard a lot of blue words coming out of the laundry room as he was trying to manage his wheelchair with our front loading washer and dryer. But (laughs) Wow! <laughs> did it, and uh, it was good for him too, since it was during another lockdown period for our state. Since we are a uh, a red state that you know doesn't believe in COVID and doesn't want people to wear masks and all of that stuff, so there were times when it wasn't safe to be out with the with the uh, rate of COVID infection in our county. So, you know, we um, he's got hand weights. I've got some um, resistance bands and, and my exercise bike. And um, even standing while brushing <laughs> my teeth, I can do um, some maneuvers and walking and stuff like that. So it doesn't matter how little space you have. Just be a little creative. And yeah play music you love and get up and dance. Absolutely. And, you know, like I was saying about, about Leslie Spoon's classes, I I've attended sporadically, you know, all of them at one point or another. And they're very, um, um, 
customizable. Customizable, supportive, creative. You know, I I love in the in the promo. If you don't have bands, you can use a soup can or a milk jug. Um, You know, and attending, they're really for for folks who haven't exercised in a long time, or maybe never have had an exercise program. There, that that's also a really great way to start and get some ideas. I read a study a couple of years ago that um, orthopedics, an orthopedic college, had put together, and it was about. Uh, hip replacement. And mm-hmm. I think they, it was either 200 or 200,000 or 500,000 um, cases that they had studied and, and gotten background information, et cetera, et cetera. And, and they had said 74% of hip replacement procedures were folks that really didn't have an exercise program, maybe never had an, ex- but hadn't had an exercise program for a significant amount of time. Of that 74%, 52% were never physically active. It wasn't something that they ever, you know, incorporated into their life. So that's a that's a huge number. Oh um, yeah. <laughs> and as a guide dog how- user, you know, your balance and your your fitness yeah. is vital because you know, even us golden girls still love our dogs and like to get out and walk with them. So um, I'm in the process of waiting for a class date. My uh, current puppy is suffering from uh, COVID syndrome. He's decided he'd rather be a coach for the guide. So he loves me, but he says, uh, you, you know, your cane is, go, you know, it's too hot. It's raining. It's, you know, so he's yeah. an intermittent guide dog when he feels like it. But so if I go to Omaha, I'll probably be doing it only for the second time in my life at an ACB national convention with a cane. So if you hear a lot of blue words in the halls, you might <laughs> think it's me because, um, of course, some of them, it's changed. The first time I went, um, I had just retired a dog that had worked for 10 years and I was this big hotel with lots of open spaces and I would try to, to shoreline to find my way around and they had these stupid ashtrays and potted mm. plants everywhere and I was constantly running into them and then because I wasn't used to using a cane full time I'd crawl somebody going the other way and I'd be tempted to yell on guard you know <laughs> just challenge them the right way <laughs> but, you know, well I most definitely oh god yeah it's, it's so you know um I think the biggest thing that blind people have to overcome is the fear of looking stupid Yes. Or, or God, making yes. mistakes. So <laughs> yes. get over yourself. I figure if I do something harebrained and silly, I'm probably not the only one in the world that's ever done it. Even sighted people do stupid things. You know. <laughs> so I figure, hey, um, if I've entertained somebody with the antics of my version yeah. of Mrs. Magoo, um, then maybe I've added something to their day, even if I've sort of screwed up mine. Yes, I, I I say often, you know what? I just became someone's story for the day. You know, the story that they tell their spouse or their, you yeah, know, whoever, of, of the, their person. I just became like, somebody's yeah, story. That for tripped the day. and fell into the fountain. <laughs> <laughs> or that fell off the subway track, uh, the subway platform. Yeah. 
you know, and, and that was it probably gave them a good good deed for the day to be able to lunge your hand yeah. up to get back on the platform. <laughs> well, Deanna, I can't wait to meet you in Omaha, you know, providing everything stays relatively normal. And um, I don't I did have class date during up. the time. <laughs> <laughs> yes, absolutely. I did have some hear some hands go up, so we're gonna see who yeah. else might have some comments. Byron, looks like Becky has their hand up. Hi, Becky. Hi, guys. Um, I just wanted to um, say this has been a, a great program, and and I'm I'm enjoying coming every Sunday. So, um, oh, one thing you. that I wanted to say is I'm looking forward to spring. It's snowing today believe it it's snowing um but i'm looking forward to spring because you know spring is new and i'm hoping to get outside but one of the comments that i have is not everybody can get up and go to the gym and not everybody can get up and even maybe go outside there might be um some listeners out there that don't have the ability to even go out of the house or Um, There might even be people that are stuck in their chairs or whatever, but um, I guess my thought and, and, you know, I know who to contact, but um, I'm wondering if maybe somebody could put together a little program for those people that can't get out, but need to, um, you know, do the the moving part and maybe eventually they'll be able to uh, venture farther than their chair. So th- that's just a thought that I had as we were talking about things and, and, you know, that sort of thing. Well, you know, I think a great person to talk about that. The first person to reach out to would be Leslie Spoon. Leslie Spoon. Because <laughs> she I does that on ACB radio for those that can't get out. Yeah. I want to throw and out another that- resource, which is very Absolutely. minimal, if any cost at all. And um, when I first moved to the town in which I live now, I didn't know anybody but my wonderful life partner. And um, I ended up taking a class at the community college called a stretching class. And that was intended for me to get to know people. And I learned stretches I never even knew existed. So now I try at least three days a week to write the alphabet with each of my feet, which gives a flexibility to the ankle. And then I ended up taking the next semester another class, and it was a walking class. Um, So whether it's your senior center or your community college um, and you don't have the money to pay for a gym, those things are so low cost, if anything at all. And then um, if, if, if you don't have availability during Leslie's wonderful time, um, there are some DVDs. Um, there are some videos out there about um, exercising at home, but it may even just start with taking a can of fruit or vegetables in each hand and lifting them up yeah. over your head 10 times and, you know, um, walk, walk around your house. I know when I was using a Fitbit, I, I was in a competition. It's like, oh my God, you've just got another thousand steps in me. I started pacing my house, you know. So there are a lot of things you can do at home. And I, I say, hey, if you can show up to Leslie's class, if you have questions for more, you can do on your own. Ask Leslie. She's our expert. She's our top expert about home exercise. Absolutely. And you know, Margie, there's something that we all forget and it benefits all of us, but most definitely for those that really are, you know, do not have an active lifestyle. And that's just simple breathing, breath work. 
you know, your body needs, it, it needs a rhythm. It needs a routine. It needs movement. Um, but it all starts with breath work and it can help improve your sleep, your anxiety levels. Um, and there are some amazing programs out there on YouTube, on, on the Apple Watch and the Fitbit. You know, just breath work alone can start, can start you on your physical journey to better health. And, and don't forget your A device. And getting moving. Yeah, and your A device, exactly. <laughs> your A device has exercise, and um, I call it my A-man. <laughs> Not A-man, but my A-comma-man. <laughs> and I find all kinds of really cool things out there. Yeah, so let's transition again, Margie. What's, what topic would you like to speak about now? Is this a topic of my choosing or a topic off your of your choosing. list? Okay. Nope. Anything you want to talk about? I want to talk about mental and physical well-being. And oh, I'm just going to put it out there um, because I've been on a couple of shows with Anthony talking about being a recovering alcoholic. And I am so grateful that I am a alcoholic and in recovery. And I've been for over five years now. I have learned so much. And one of the things I have learned is self-esteem. Now, I know there's a lot of people out there that's known me for 20, 30 years going, what do you mean self-esteem? You know, we can be loud <laughs> and we could be fun and we could have low self-esteem. And I know we're going to close the show out today with the song that I've shared with Anthony. I've shared with many. And I find, and just this last week, I had one of those opportunities again where I was at effect of something. The first thing I did is I sat down and I said the serenity prayer, which we use in AA, and um, many people know that prayer. And then I did some very deep breathing because I was at effect and it was I was starting to feel anger. And then what I did, and I do this anytime I start to go into any kind of a funky place, I blare this particular song that we will close the show out with. Over and over and over until I get it for that very minute. Sometimes it's just one time because I wake up and I'm upbeat and the life is great. And then maybe somebody called me and now I'm in a funky space and I play this song. And if this song doesn't work for you, everybody can find a song that does. But I think the overall well-being of your, of your physical, your mental, your attitude... Um, trying your darndest to not be at effective people. Um, you know, we all, we all have at some point in our life, if we've been on Social Security Disability or SSI, we get these letters from Social Security Administration that aren't good news letters. And many of them start with, you have been overpaid. <laughs> and mm -hmm. that can send anybody into the biggest funk in the whole wide world. Where years ago, this lady said, you're going to get them yearly. Just consider them as love letters. <laughs> so, and if if I find you know I I just got one again, and I didn't go into effect. I just went. I played my song. I did my deep breathing, and what I like to call it is I did not give my power to Social Security to ruin my minute, to ruin my day, to ruin my hour, whatever portion of the day. And so I found my piece of music that really fits for me. Um. And it, it really is about, well, I'm not going to say any more about it because we are going to play it, but find something that, that you can find in your life 
that can quickly move you out of that funk. Because you know what? I don't yeah. know when I'm going to not be on this earth anymore. And every minute of every day is so valuable to me. And I really don't want to waste an hour of being angry at the world or angry at Social Security. Um, or I've gone through some real challenging stuff lately. And this particular song, I would blare it over and over and over. And it pulled me right out of my funk and gave me my power back to be in control of my life. So, so Byron, that's my topic. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Byron, I actually forwarded the song to you. Um, folks might remember from last week's Sunday edition, we have family staying with us. And what that means is that this is an open door house um, and a bunch of People came while we were on Sunday edition, so I'm squirreled in the bedroom, and I'm actually not on the computer. So, Byron, will you be able to play that song for us, or should I go um, grab a Bluetooth well, speaker? Well, I am <laughs> looking for what. What would I look for in my email? Like, what's the subject of the email? I can, I can play I just, it if you like, just over Alexa, and because I'm um, on a phone, well, cause, and because you're on the phone, it's oh, I see. Actually, I see a blanking. Uh, well, nope, that is just your show notes. So, what would I search for here, Anthony? I don't. I, don't, I just. I just forwarded it to you about 10 minutes ago. Okay. I will keep an eye out for it here. Margie, tell them the title um, because I think it was in I'm the- going to look it up because you know me, Anthony, I forget it every day and I have to go down my computer. <laughs> I don't know why that is, but just give me a minute. You guys maybe take a hand while I'm looking this up. Actually, I wanted to I wanted to hear Byron's um, thoughts on self-esteem because I know that he's had a really awesome journey the last couple of years. Um, you know, if belovedness, (laughs) oh, belovedness. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I actually, yeah, I actually saw that and was wondering what it was about. So, uh, so now I see the lyrics here. Um, oh, I see a video. Okay, here we go. Yeah. So let me get this figured out real quick. And while I'm doing that, uh, I'll tell you about my self-esteem. Um, it, it fluctuates from day to day, you know? Um, some days I am just very happy to be who I am and, and eager to explore that. And other days I take what people say about me to heart and it drags me down and it's just, you know, it's, it's rough, um, some days. And, uh, all I can say is you have to turn those voices off in your head. You have to try to you try to have to remember that, that you are your worst critic. When you look in the mirror, uh, you're the one that says the worst stuff about yourself. If anyone said any of the things that you say to yourself, to a beloved one, to a friend or a family member, you would kick their butts, but you say all this horrible, harsh stuff to yourself. So, so defend yourself as much as you would defend a loved one against, you know, hurtful things that you say to yourself. Absolutely. You know, um, (laughs) I would imagine that most people out there listening think um, Anthony must have a very healthy self-esteem, you know, a very healthy sense of self. And you're probably right at this stage in my life. Um, But it wasn't that wasn't always the case. And the two things that really work well for me as far as you know building my my self-esteem building my confidence shutting out the voices so to speak are journaling um but journaling sometimes with a purpose um i I had a, a college professor who challenged us to write love letters to ourselves um and so whenever i'm feeling off kilter 
I, I just go in and I write a love letter myself. And it, it's amazing. You know, you go back and, and you look at where you, you know, I love Facebook because you can go into the memories and, and see where you were last year, the year before, you know, on this day. But, you know, when I go back in my journal and I, and I read some of these love letters, um, it, it's, it's amazing how different and how much life has really shaped me. Um, so it's also cool to go back and look, you know, it's also cool to go back and look, but like Margie, music is my therapy. Um, I've got a lot of music for different things, but, um, one of my most powerful power songs is Shirley Bassey's, This Is My Life. I cannot get through that song and not feel ready to, ready to advocate, ready to climb that mountain, ready to ride that, you know, 10 mile bike ride or whatever it be. It's just for me that it, it gives me. It gives me that oomph inside myself to face anything. So music is definitely a, a therapeutic that I very much recommend to everyone out there. So Anthony, would you like me fun- to go through the lyrics of this song first? So when sometimes you don't quite hear these words, and when it was shared with me, I got an email with the lyrics. I, You know what? I think that's actually great. Then we'll transition into the song. And I just okay. want to remind folks, next week is um, the Easter holiday. And as I just said, we've got some family here. So I am taking off. Um, I will be back the following week with an amazing show. But Byron will be taking off for a few weeks, as he mentioned, going to New York and helping out one of our friends who just uh, who just moved to that amazing city. So, Byron, we're going to miss you for a couple of weeks. Yeah. And next week will be a repeat show. So Margie, why don't you read those lyrics? And when she's done, Byron, use that to play well, us on Well, I want to say, Byron, good for you for taking time off. That's a healthy thing to do. Okay, here we go. Heck yeah. So the song is called Belovedness by Sarah Kroger. You've owned your fear and all your self-loathing. You've owned the voices inside your head. You're, you own the shame and reproach of your failure. It's time to own your belovedness. Verse two, you've owned your past and how it's defined you. You've owned everything everybody else says. It is time to hear what your father has spoken. It's time to own your belovedness. Um, This is a chorus line. He says, you're mine. I smiled when I made you. I find you beautiful in every way. My love for you is fierce and unending. I'll come to find you, whatever it takes, my beloved. Verse 3, you've owned the mess you see in the mirror. You've owned the lies that you're just not enough. You have been so blinded by all of your comparing. It's time to own your belovedness. Then the chorus again, which I'm not going to repeat. Okay, and that's it. And do you have it ready to play? I do. Awesome. That's powerful. your fear and all your self-loathing you've owned the voices inside of your head you've owned the shame and reproach of your failure it's time to own your belovedness you've owned your past and how it's defined you've owned everything everybody it's time to hear what your father 
smiled when I made you. I find you beautiful in every way. My love for you is fierce and unending. I'll come to find you, whatever it takes, my beloved. You've owned the mess you see in the mirror. You've owned the lies that you're just not enough. You've been so blinded by all your comparing. It's time to own your beloved. My thanks to Margie to, for co-hosting with me today. My thanks always to Byron, who just makes makes this so much easier for me to do. Margie, I found an instrumental track of this song, by the way. So I will be presenting it at karaoke. I want to thank you for just being such a great person and a great friend. And everybody else, I'll be back in two weeks. Byron, have a great time. Remember your belovedness. Remember your belovedness. You've been listening to Sunday Edition on ACB Media. Stream one. That's American Council of the Blind Media or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Episodes drop every week at 1 p.m. on Sundays. And you can email us at Sunday Edition AC, all one word, Sunday Edition with the letters AC at gmail.com. Let's brunch again together next Sunday.